Welcome to Life Play. This is George G. And the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Tara Fong. Tara, are you ready to do this? I think so. We'll find out. We, <laughs> we absolutely will find out. Tara is the co-founder and CEO of CoCreate, their new Web.3 protocol that unlocks the potential of NFT companies, ecosystems, empowering them to go beyond the drop. Tara, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, why you do what you do. Yeah. So personal life is I hide it well, but I'm from a small town in rural North Carolina. I grew up in the sticks and I always just wanted to figure out how the world works. And so that led me to travel, to live abroad, to get a lot more education than I probably needed. And um, eventually that led me to crypto because I think that blockchains are going to fundamentally alter the way the world works and what is possible. Um, My husband and I, we live here in Nashville, Tennessee. We moved three to six months before the pandemic from New York. Everyone thought we were crazy and that my career was going to take a major hit. One of the silver linings of the pandemic is now in Web3. No one cares where you are. And so um, we're loving it here. He's a session musician. I'm in crypto and tech. And so both of our circles of friends think the other one is cool because it's so unusual. I think that they're 100% correct. That is super cool. Yeah. And work-wise, you know, like I said, I got into Web3 and crypto, but I got there through fintech. Um, Coming out of business school, I joined a fintech company in the consumer lending and SaaS side because money touches everyone. So it's another way to figure out how the world works. Eventually got into alternative investments um, at Alto IRA and alternative investments in private securities led me to crypto, which I know securities and crypto is a hot topic now. Um, And I don't invest in things I don't understand. And so I went deep on trying to understand crypto because if I was going to talk with people about it, I needed to understand it. Um, and appreciate it myself and see how it could fit into a diversified portfolio and the role that it could play. That went from going to, okay, crypto makes sense and maybe a sleeve of BTC or ETH or SOL or some of these other assets make sense in your portfolio to, wow, it's really the technology underneath that's so powerful. And I realized very quickly that I wanted to spend all day, every day working on this new frontier. Um, So at the start of this year, I set out, I started co-create like you said, we help successful NFT projects, but also really any brand grow, reward, and engage their community um, using the blockchain, using tokens as a way to create strong incentives and reward behaviors. And we're really excited about how blockchains can fundamentally alter the way that a brand engages and grows with their audience. And we think that the earliest adopters will be Web3 native companies, NFT projects. But over time, I think we're going to see every single brand is going to use this technology, just like every single brand now has a website and uses the internet. I love it. So congratulations on being able to do something that 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 you love and enjoy every day. <laughs> and that's, so I think that that's awesome. Uh, so grow, reward, and engage. I think that that's probably most companies. When you say Web3 native, that's a mm-hmm. company that was just born for Web3? Yeah, exactly. They started out with their business or really their, a lot of times, They don't even see themselves as a business initially. They see themselves as a project and they're trying to understand if they're actually growing into a business that's sustainable over time. But they started um, and the core offering is using the blockchain, whether that is they are an NFT project. And so they launched some NFTs and they sold them out. And then they have this rabid community who is excited to understand, do these characters have a lore and a story? 
Or can I buy merch with this? Or are you going to use this in other media fashion IP? Um, or it's a DAO, which stands for a decentralized autonomous organization, which really just means a collection of people on the internet that also have a shared bank account, which things get interesting when a collection of people on the internet have a shared bank account. Um, or, you know, they started out <laughs> as uh, like a DeFi project, which DeFi stands for decentralized finance. And that's really where crypto started, um, is that it was a better way uh, to enable individuals to interact with value on the internet um, by making it such that you don't have to have an intermediary to establish trust, right? Like intermediaries and financial services are there because they need to establish trust between one person and another, between one entity and another. Um, and blockchains make it so that you can make promises um, that everyone can validate without needing to trust the other side. Um, so all of these are examples in maybe three different areas of Web3 native projects or companies. Um, but I actually believe that blockchain and, you know, everything that it entails, which Web3 is now the moniker that really encompasses anything that involves a blockchain, um, that that is going to be a technology that impacts every business. And it's just, we see the early adopters are the ones who are starting there and playing around. And it's a lot easier for them to integrate um, and use blockchain in their business because they don't have these non-blockchain parts of their business at the outset, right? It's that the data transfer between what we call on-chain and off-chain data can be complicated and those uh, rails and infrastructure isn't well built out. So it's just a lot easier for Web3 native companies to do these things. Fascinating. Thank you for... Thank you for sort of talking that through a collection of people with a shared bank account online seems sounds like a terrible <laughs> idea, but it's probably a great one. You know, I think what's so cool about it is you can capture um, momentum and feeling in a way that wasn't previously possible among a group um, of like-minded individuals. And there are silly examples of this. And then there are serious examples of this, you know, a silly example of this was I um, met a woman who uh, started pizza Dow, and they wanted to um, make it so that, you know, everyone had a right in their mind to food and they wanted to make food more freely accessible to individuals around the world. And they thought pizza is fun. That's how we can grab people's attention. They raised one and a half million dollars, I think in like a week, that they used to throw one of the biggest like pizza parties in the world, right? And that's all fun. And it had a, a purpose underneath that was deeper, but it was just fun. It was kind of silly. Um, but then you also think of, you know, Ukraine Dow, where when the war in Ukraine started, people were able to come together and provide support uh, financially that was given to um, to those in Ukraine and those groups in Ukraine who were protecting their country. And so... I think that there are serious applications of this, and they're also silly. Um, one of the most well-known is Constitution Dow, where a group raised some $40 million in a few weeks to try to buy the Constitution, and then sadly, um, a finance guy came through and bought it. <laughs> but <laughs> they got really close. That's fascinating. Yeah, it's a whole, it's a it's the Wild West out there. So with Ukraine Dow, Let's just let's use round numbers. Let's say that 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 a million dollars flows in from people all over the world who who share a desire to help and chip in. How is the money distributed? 
Yeah. So with all of these DAOs, they're all different. And I don't know the specifics of Ukraine DAO um, and how they were organized. So I'll just speak in generalities of what applies. But they will have these um, leaders within the DAO. Um, and everyone's able to vote generally based on how much they gave, because tokens are often used as a way to um, create the voting mechanism. So say a token, and just making this super simple, is $1. If you put in $100, you get 100 tokens, and that's your voting power. Um, and people can say, you know what, I'm going to delegate my voting power to this person because I trust them. And so that way they have more of a say. So that's one way that decisions are made is by everyone who has participated is able to vote and have a voice. And I think why that's so attractive is because there is such a lack of trust in our uh, societies right now and our political systems and our financial systems. And just across the world, there's been a big lack of trust in those who are in power. And so people want to take power back. They want to take ownership back. And what Web3 promises is that there is a way that people cannot just be consumers or users, which are common terms that we hear in businesses like, oh, our users, da, 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 da. You know, user is a term that's also used to refer to a drug addict, right? Um, and so those are not terms that people want really associated with them. They want to be, they want to be contributors. They want to be owners. And maybe sometimes they just want to, you know, sit there and receive the product or service, but sometimes they want to be able to have a voice and a say. Um, the flip side of that is what I think you're kind of getting to, which it sounds a little bit like a circus, right? Like if everyone has a say, how do you make decisions? How are those decisions? Like, are they efficiently made? And the answer is normally no. I wouldn't argue that a lot of our systems though are quite efficient. Sure. Um, and so the, the DAO organizational support and structures to help them identify leaders, ensure everyone has a voice and that they can move forward and make decisions is still being built out. But commonly what you'll see are guild or individual leaders who are delegated votes as a way for them to make decisions on behalf of those who have trusted their votes with them. Mm -hmm. I love it. It makes a ton of sense. And I've been, I've been thinking a lot about how frustrated we are by these intermediaries at really every aspect of life and society from all of it from obviously yeah. money, but news and information. And we're sick of feeling like we're being manipulated. Um, yeah. Especially if you're not the person in power, um, you know, what we're doing, a lot of people initially could call it cute, right? Like we are helping effectively brands um, create loyalty programs on a blockchain, because if you have a loyalty and rewards program on a blockchain, people can know that their points are actually theirs, right? Like with Delta, my points aren't really mine. I earned them. I did all the things to earn them, but they aren't mine because guess what? If I want to transfer them, to transfer 40,000 points is $400 plus a $30 processing fee. Mm. I might as well buy someone a ticket, right? Like those aren't my points. Um, and it also means that I can't choose how to use them, right? I can only use them in predefined ways. And that makes a lot of sense for brands if you have a narrow view, because you say you want to encourage people to do things that business benefit your business and you earn them. Um, and then you're going to have predefined ways you can redeem them that still make sense for your business. I would argue that a lot of brands with these closed loyalty systems are going to find that people start to get fed up. And I think they already have like Dunkin' Donuts this past week. 
they came out and they changed their point system, their loyalty system, so that the points were highly devalued. And everyone's up in arms. They're like, I was doing the things. And now you're telling me that what I earned is worth like half as much. And so blockchains allow not only individuals or entities to make commitments to one another from like a financial services standpoint, they can also allow brands to make commitments to their customers, their contributors, um, their community members, their evangelists, like every brand wants evangelists. And um, it'll be slow and it'll be iterative and incremental. But I think what we will see is the likes of, you know, Starbucks is already doing this where um, they will have a new loyalty and reward system where you can actually sell your loyalty. You can buy certain items, you can earn certain items, and there will be a marketplace where you can sell them. That means that they're actually yours. You can take custody of that NFT or those tokens as loyalty and sell it. Um, And so I'm excited to see how brands grow into these open loyalty systems that create more partnership opportunities for them and create more ownership and value and utility for individuals. But all that said, that sounds like cute, right? Like it's like, oh, this is a new tool. There are some very serious applications of this as well, right? Blockchains um, allow people to be the custodian or the owner of various assets, financial or otherwise. And as we saw in Lebanon a few weeks ago, there have been all of these bank raids. I don't know. Did you see that? I did not. So there's just been, you know, it's been a very difficult, uh, time over years in Lebanon, their financial, their political systems have really struggled. And the um, ruling uh, government has made it such that you cannot withdraw more than X amount of funds from a bank. And so people are, quote unquote, robbing the bank, but they're robbing it to get their own money. Mm -hmm. And that breaks my heart because they're not trying, they're literally just trying to get what is theirs. And there was a story, I believe it was a woman who robbed the bank because she couldn't afford surgery for her parent. And it's like, that's an example of this isn't cute. This is real. People want to know that what is what is theirs is actually theirs and they want to be in control of it. And we're early within blockchains and Web3. And right now it's really hard to use this technology. It's not nearly as user-friendly. And so when people go and interact with it, they're like, oh my gosh, this is way too difficult. No one's ever gonna do it. It's like, well, yeah, you might do it if you live in a country where you can't trust your financial system. And over time, this technology is going to go from arduous to fun and easy and completely obfuscate the fact that it's on a block, that this experience is on a blockchain. It's just, we're early in that process. Yeah, it strikes me that blockchain, Web3, these are just, you know, arbitrary terms. It's what it does and the access that it's going to provide and freedom and liberty. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And it speaks to, you know, the people that are on the cusp of new technology are technologists and nerds, right? And so they use words that are very specific to what the thing is, not why it matters. And so like blockchain, like the the term NFT is hilarious to me. There should not be a term that's used in broad, like group settings, non-fungible token. <laughs> like that's such a ridiculous, really it, it can be an art. It can be a digital collectible. It can be your membership card, right? It can be the deed to your house. It just means anything, a record of anything that's unique. Um, And so we just, we're so early, we're still using the terms that the technologists and those innovators have created as opposed to the terms that the larger society will use in the future. 
because they're just going to say why it matters to them, not what it is. What's the new term going to be? <laughs> I think we'll have a few, right? Like I think the idea of owning um, digital assets is is going to permeate, like it's going to become second nature. Well, of course I do. And so I think we'll have digital collectibles. I think that'll be one of it versus NFT. I think we'll have like digital memberships. Like I just think we'll have a lot of terms because the technology is so far reaching that it's really about the application, not about just what it is because it can have a, a million different applications. Like literally. Literally. <laughs> Fascinating. You know, just, just in... In in our short amount of time that we're talking, I can definitely see why you'd be fascinated by this and just the use cases. You must sit down and just constantly be thinking about different ways to to help organizations or creators or whatever you know other humans to um, to accomplish what it is that they're trying to accomplish through this technology. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And what I try to do is think through: okay, what's now? What's soon? What's later? Um, because there are things that are available now for companies, whether you are a Web3 native company or you're an established brand, um, based on how things work right now, based on the ease of use right now. And then there are things that are soon and things that are later. So I try to break it up in that way so that I'm not just living pie in the sky. Um, there are immediate use cases that get me really excited. Um, and uh, I do feel that every company leader needs to be spending time on this because this a lot of people liken web 3 to you know 2000 with the onset of the internet this this is an equivalent time and those leaders who take the time to understand this technology and the impacts it can have on their business are the ones who are going to disproportionately benefit from it that makes sense and it makes sense why you created a company to help with that because <laughs> if I'm sitting here thinking, okay, great, I'm a CEO of a company, uh, I, I don't have you know all day to sit around and think about this, but yeah. I do need to be doing it. So, yeah, yeah, we um, we're a technology company. We're building a protocol um, that allows other projects, brands, companies to be able to use this technology for their own um, for their own ecosystem, their own community. But uh, what we're finding is that these companies want more than just the tech. They actually want uh, strategy and consulting support. And so right now we're playing that role. I don't know how long we will. I think it might just be a point in time where it's like, this is really needed now. I don't see us as being a strategy or consulting firm long-term. There are those who want to be in that business, um, but people need guidance. And if they need guidance, we're here to help. So, okay. So you're interested in Take me through that again. And I, I understand what you're not going to be long-term, but long-term yeah. you are interested in being what? We're a technology company. So we're actually providing the infrastructure, the rails, so that brands can launch their own tokens, their own loyalty and reward system, as well as their own community governance framework if they want a way to assess the, the community's input on various topics. So we're providing that that tooling layer that they can use to build on top of. And that's actually why our name is co-create because we think in the future, a lot of these customers of brands will become contributors as well, right? Like an example is Starbucks. A lot of the art that they use 
is actually from members of the community. So when you see art on the sleeves of a Starbucks cup, that, that often is coming from someone that is part of Starbucks or even a partner, which is what they call employees at Starbucks. And so I think we're going to just see this blending of lines between, am I a consumer? Am I a contributor? Am I a brand evangelist? Do I have ownership? And we're providing the infrastructure to allow brands to engage with their audience in that way. Got it. Hmm. Well, it'll be fascinating to all of it's going to be fascinating. <laughs> what I, I just wrote down wisdom. I think that you're going to be, we consumers, users, community members are going to need forever people that understand uh, both the technology and the use cases and all these, but are also wise enough to say, yeah, I, I understand what you're thinking and wanting to accomplish. And here are some some things to kind of think about and kick around because of the governance and the community piece. Um, we are drowning in information and starving for wisdom. And we mm. always have been and we always will be. So, mm. No, I appreciate that. And you seem like a wise person. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going to tell my husband that he thinks he's yeah. the wife, one of the two of us. I'll be like, Hey, George, wow. me. <laughs> yeah. I need to have him on. If he's, if he thinks he's wiser <laughs> than you are, he must be absolutely brilliant. human being. So <laughs> anyway, well, Tara, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Where can people learn more about you? Where can they get involved with co-create who, who is a good fit for reaching out? Yeah. So any um, company or brand that's looking for ways to grow and engage their audience and is open to new technologies to do so, we'd love to speak with them. Um, you can find us at usecocreate.io. And that's both our website as well as the forum for most of, um, I'd say websites within Web3 is often your Twitter. <laughs> so we're also at usecocreate on Twitter as well. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Terry your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to usecocreate.io and find them on Twitter as well. List those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Tara. Thank you, George. And until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.